guys. Welcome to Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them. I'm Meg T. I'm Kate. And I'm Meg H. Today, it's a heavy episode in more ways than one. We're tackling endometriosis with our first ever guest, Allison Page, who has endometriosis and she has a bad. In this interview, uh, she's talking about her history with endometriosis, how she figured out how to soothe it. She gets really personal and she's even got a monologue she wrote about what it's like and what it feels like and where she uses trolls and hatchets to describe it. And of course, we have a song at the very end. Duh. So, you know, lean back, pop in those headphones and enjoy. We have a guest in the studio with us. She's a very talented comedian, actress, playwright. She's also the executive director. No, no, no. She's the artistic director of the uh, sketch comedy company we all work for, Killing My Lobster. Big round of applause for Allison Page, everybody. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. What, what's it like to be on a podcast for about periods? <laughs> I don't know yet. It's, there's no <laughs> there's no blood in here at the moment. Oh, I, shoot. You guys, who's supposed to bring the blood? Ah, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any blood, either natural or sacrificial or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not bleeding, so as oh. long as that's That's a good true. point. Who is bleeding right now? Anyone blacording? Anybody blacording? I am not currently <laughs> blacording. I am. Am. Woo! I have so a sorry. regular tampon inside me right now. And, and just a and just a reminder to to our listeners, we are recording these out of order. So <laughs> a week ago, Meg I might very have been, well yeah. had it's, we haven't she bleeds all the time. Know, we haven't ordered our Meg podcast to go yet. To the hospital. <laughs> we don't bleed every week. We've been doing yeah. these podcasts out of order. So just don't track our cycle. Just yeah. trust that we're we're healthy. <laughs> My my boobs are very tender. I think I'm ovulating. Oh, so my boobs are really really sore. Interesting. And I think my okay. You tell me, is my skin looking better or my hair? Because I feel like you look like you have blush on. I and I don't. Oh. So ovulation. And also, I've just noticed your hair has been looking really nice lately. Thank you. Yeah, Allison. Uh, mm-hmm. The reason we brought you on here is because you deal with endometriosis. Uh, I, I you deal, deal with, it, with it and I deal in it <laughs> and you deal around it and about it um, uh, yeah just to be clear I'm not a doctor I don't deal mm, with it in that sure. way you you <laughs> personally handle it it's it's actually more common than we know like I know at least five people with endometriosis so we're like we have to dedicate an episode to this very topic so um Real quickly, just for, just a recap of what we're going to be talking about today and what endometriosis actually is. So, endometri- and correct me, Allison, if anything I say is like, mm, that's incorrect, okay. um, as the non-doctor at the table. Yeah, as the <laughs> resident non-doctor. <laughs> uh, so, endometriosis is when the tissue lining of the uterus grows outside the uterus. Correct. And I think it's like all or some, right? It could be... Yeah, all- I, I, amount wise I believe it's different for each person sure so and what happens to this tissue that's growing outside of your uterus well it acts like it would if it were inside the uterus but it can grow in organs and nearby the uterus so we it can affect the intestines the bladder the internal area between the vagina and the rectum uh but basically that's where it goes (laughs) hooray just for all you listeners out there that area is called the rectovaginal septum (laughs) Ugh. Which is the I just pictured a nose coming out of my butthole. <laughs> uh, 
uh, rectovaginal septum is the name of our next improv. <laughs> Just FYI. Um, so uh, this this growth of the endometria, uh, the the endometrium tissue uh, causes irritation in whatever body part it's touching, and it causes extreme pain. And with continued buildup and irritation, uh, it gets more painful over time because it has nowhere to go. Whereas uterine lining usually exits your body through the vagina during menstruation. This just goes away or gets soaked up eventually, but it just builds and builds and builds. Oh God. So it just, it just never. Yes. It's just real. (laughs) Uh, And the, the endometrial tissue develop, can develop lesions and cysts and nodules. And one fact I learned while researching is that when an, when endometriosis grows on the ovaries, it's called a chocolate cyst. No, No. no, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Eventually if it keeps growing, it can become self-aware. <laughs> it has teeth. And mine has, and I call it Diane. Oh, boy. <laughs> what are the causes of endometriosis? There's no one really fucking what knows. What did you do, Allison? Here's the thing. Allison did, did nothing. If there's one thing that is commonplace and understood is that it's not a dietary or lifestyle thing. Mm. It's something that people are either born with or it's an environmental factor, but no one really knows. It appears to be genetic. You're more likely to get it if you're someone in your family has it eight to 10 times more likely. Uh, it happens. Some people think maybe it happens at birth and it lies dormant until you go through puberty. Mm, mm, Some people think nice. it has to do with a dysfunctional <laughs> immune system. Some people think it's retrograde menstruation where the blood like leaves the fallopian tube the other way, like it goes oh. back out. But a lot like of women- what happens in Australia when you flush the <laughs> about one in 10 women worldwide deal with endometriosis. Um, Oh, wanted to go back to some people think environmental factors play a part in it. Uh, and the Endometriosis Association found research to support the fact that endometriosis could be initiated in monkeys if monkeys are exposed to dioxin. I don't know what dioxin is, but basically they're giving monkeys endometriosis. chemtrails. <laughs> oh, my God. Um so yeah, monkey uh, truthers. There's no known cure, uh, which is terrible, and surgery can help. They go in and they take out growths. Uh, birth control helps because it suppresses hormones, and it can lead to infertility. Welcome to our show, oh, Allison. Thank you so much. <laughs> Such a long explanation of my name. <laughs> so, uh, I would, the only thing I would add to that is my very favorite fun fact and. Um, to be clear, this is not something that I'm aware is happening to me right now. I don't know. But it can cause your organs to stick to each other. What? No. Yeah. That's it's you're in for some intense business if that's your situation. And oh that, my God. that simple I remember the first time I ever read that and it freaked me out real hard. Because oh. <laughs> it just your imagination runs wild with Ugh. a fact like that. But yeah, I guess that's a thing that happens to some people, unfortunately. So let's jump into it, Allison. Just tell us about your history of endometriosis. When did it start? The first time that anything, you know, was ever like discussed or the first time that I went to the doctor, I guess I should say. I had been working at McDonald's. Thank you so much. Thank you. Heard of it? Um, for five years I worked there. But when I was a teenager working there, I got extremely sick at work and I 
felt really woozy and I was in a lot of pain and I couldn't stand upright anymore. And so I kind of called my mother in tears to say, you know, I have no idea why I feel so terrible. I, I mean, I guess I just have my period. I guess this is just what people feel like, whatever. But I felt like I was going to black out. And so she took me to, um, I guess, the ER. And because it kind of comes in waves, you know, I'll feel really, really like I'm dying for a good three hours and then all of a sudden I don't feel like that anymore and then an hour later I do again Mm -hmm. and so she took me there and I sat and waited and waited and waited and by the time the doctor came in I wasn't feeling like that anymore I didn't feel good and I was extremely tired every time there's like a spell like that I don't really know what else to call it but Mm -hmm. anytime there's like a big spell like that I really just have to pass out immediately after that and sleep for hours Mm. and so by the time the doctor came in I was just like yeah well I used to feel like shit I don't (laughs) I don't know what to tell you right now you know I feel so terrible and it was kind of just a shrug uh and then I don't really know what to do for you and then I went home they didn't do anything for me so just like no tests or anything oh absolutely nothing Mm. and how old were you during this first oh I was probably 15 Something Whoa. like that. So, wait, so how old were you when you first got your period? I think 13. Okay, so it kicked in pretty quick. Like you weren't like in your early 20s when no, it started happening. No, 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 not at all. I wonder if it takes time for you to build up the tissue like as a kid for you to really start feeling the effects of it or something. Again, as a yeah. doctor, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, that, I mean, that, me. makes, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if Yeah, the blood the isn't hitting your, uh, what was it, the uh, the vaginal recto septum <laughs> yet? <Yeah. Woof>. Right. <laughs> I was really hoping I didn't have one of those. The rectovaginal <laughs> septum. The That's nose so coming funny. out of my asshole. Wait, is yeah. that just your taint? <laughs> I think so. It sounds anyway. like it. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I kept going in they didn't do anything which was making me very angry it, it's really hard to know if you're being if you're overreacting or like am I just a huge baby mm, is right. that the situation you know and you don't know um and you tell people you have bad cramps and everyone's like oh yeah I get like cramps. oh yeah I know what that is yeah, yeah for sure for sure for sure threshold for pain yeah, right. yeah. and I'm like yeah. I don't know if I do have a low threshold for pain I feel like I don't so I had just I was just out of commission for uh, several days each month where I, I couldn't even get out of bed. And so I would routinely black out. I would try to go take a shower, hoping that the heat would somehow kind of, you know, like if a, if you have a muscle pain and you try to put heat on it mm-hmm. to try to help that. Yeah. So I'd take a, try to take a really hot shower and then I would start hyperventilating and then I would black out and I would wake up on the floor of my bathroom. Whoa. Yeah, scary because I was taking showers. Like I could feasibly yeah. have drowned in the yeah. shower because right. I was trying to ease my cramps. So uh, I finally went into the doctor and the doctor said, oh, I think you probably have endometriosis. And I was like, never heard of it. Come Uh. again? Like, I don't know what that is, you know. And so she said, I think you have endometriosis, but I can't know for sure. And the only way to figure that out is if I put a scope in through your belly button. And I was like, "Okay, so if you do that, like, then what do we do? She's like, nothing. Then we just know you have it. And I was like, okay, so if there's no <laughs> actual benefit to doing that, then I'm, I'm not sure I'm super pumped about it, right. you know? Um, and so the she, scope is like when they have like a camera, right? Like a tiny yeah, camera? Yeah, I believe so. Um, so she said, yeah, I agree. I don't really think that you need to do it. You know, you just have it. Like you should just work under the assumption that, that you have it. Mm-hmm. And at the time she gave me um, some pills 
as I think kind of like as a sample to see if it worked because a huge underlying theme of everything about endometriosis is that everyone is totally different and some things work for some people and and those same things will do nothing for someone else. Mm -hmm. So she gave me some pills as sort of a trial and I was hopeful about that because I had never been prescribed anything for it before and I started taking those pills and I don't know if this is true or not because it could be a trick of my memory, but what I remember is feeling like, oh, maybe these are working for the first few months and then being like, no, they're not at all. <laughs> so I don't know if they were working or if I was just being really hopeful about it, but they weren't. And then they, those pills were taken off the market because they're giving people heart attacks. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I went, yeah, OK, I don't know if doctors are like so good for this right now, you know, <laughs> or at least they haven't helped me in any way. I've gone in by that point. I had probably been in five times and nothing good had ever come of it. So I think at that point. And, you know, I don't want to make a sweeping generalization, but I think women in general end up doing this type of thing where they just go like, well, I'm going to do a bunch of I'm going to try a bunch of things that people do or suggest. And like, we'll just see if I can find something that works for me that I can just do in my life. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I had like ways that I would sit or like I would lie on the floor, you know, and put my uh, feet in the air and rock back and forth for a really long time. Uh, And I would take. Uh, just like mitol, just extra strength mitol, mm. days before my period ever mm. would start. So like four days before I would start taking it. And wow. if I didn't do that, um, I would get so ragingly ill. It was horrifying. And so I would always have to, I had to do that all the time. I had to be like constantly on some kind of painkiller. I mean, the, the only nice thing, the only break I did get in any of this is that it didn't go on super long. Mm-hmm. Like I remember because as you were talking about before about it being, you know, hereditary or whatever, my mother was pretty miserable herself for mm. quite a long time. She ended up having an emergency hysterectomy after mm. bleeding nonstop and lying in bed for three months. Um, I remember distinctly that experience because my mother was in bed forever and ever and she was so sick. Then she went in and had an emergency hysterectomy and then my dad turned to me and said, you're doomed. Right oh, to my God. face. God. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, right to my face. And I remember even then it makes, it makes me feel kind of emotional right now thinking about that because I was just like, what am I? What? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. what have I done or what am I supposed to do? I have no idea, you know? Huh. Yeah. So describe the pain. What does that pain feel like? So it's, uh, well, I can read you something that I wrote as a description of it. So I started writing... Um, as Meg said earlier, I am an occasional playwright and I started writing this long monologue because I like writing monologues. So maybe I'll just like read the beginning of that. Please. Sounds great. I will get to it. Does it have a title? Oh, the title is Tiny Trolls with Hatchets Live in My Dusty Uterus. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you almost skipped over the title. Oh, yeah. I was not going to read the title. Okay. So picture this, if you will, while you can. Tiny evil trolls with little weasley faces and creased foreheads and bushy beards and bushy eyebrows and black boots with big buckles, but big relative to the size of the tiny trolls. So compared to me, I mean tiny buckles compared to me. But on the trolls, they're quite big. Anyway, imagine those guys, but like inside my useless waste of a dusty gooped up uterus. Okay, maybe they're not evil. Maybe they're just doing their jobs, right? And their jobs, once I got around to 14, their jobs were to infiltrate the linings of the guts we don't really like to talk about and use their hatchets 
and pickaxes and for the ones who are a little more tech savvy those tiny blow torches chefs <laughs> use to get the brulee on the creme brulee oh, and they just attack the shit out of everything they can find yeah oh. <laughs> Did you regularly miss school as a result? Yes. That's so fucked up. Yeah. I missed and school. I missed work. I missed, I mean, the things I've had to cancel. <laughs> I uh, can't yeah. even count. And I'm not a person who likes to ever miss anything. Sure. Or, you know, shirk obligations. But there were just times where I was just on the floor. And that was the day. And I couldn't mm-hmm. do anything else about it. So how, like, what was the progression of you going to all these doctors and them not really helping and then you finally finding out what worked for you? Ugh. Was it you doing the trials yourself and then telling your doctor, like, I think this is what works for me? Or was it doctors being, like, fucking competent <laughs> and figuring it out um, it's, for you? <laughs> it's not that one. Um, <laughs> well, it kind of is. So I'll, I'll give you sort of the two things that led to... All this. So there was an incident when I was, I guess I must have been 21 probably. So I was still living back in Minnesota. I'm originally from Minnesota. I live in San Francisco now. But I was back home and I had started a theater company there. And I would fund, this is going to sound insane, but just stay with me. I was funding that theater company by participating in research studies, comparing generic (laughs) medications to their brand name um alternatives wow and i know it sounds really bizarre but where i'm from actually people did it a lot because there was this big institute it's been shut down Uh, (laughs) surprise surprise (laughs) because it also heart attack i was about to do one that was three weeks long and you're essentially locked up in this it it looks like a hospital but it's just you know there's a bunch of beds there's like bunk beds i think and you can't leave. You go outside once a day for like a couple minutes, but they need to control the setting, obviously. I was either taking, going to be taking uh, muscle relaxers or nothing, you know, just the placebo. And uh, in order to participate in that study, which was three weeks long, I couldn't have anything in my system. Mm -hmm. And as we've already discussed, days before my period, I had to start taking painkillers. And this was going to be the first time that I didn't do that because it just the study lined up in such a way that like it was going to start on the first day of my period. And so I didn't take any pills and I was nervous, but I was like, this is probably fine. You know, like, come on, what's the worst thing that can happen? This is so nice not a big deal right like people go through their lives without taking painkillers for four days before their period all the time so I was just talking myself into it and I wanted the money it was like five grand mm-hmm. and oh. <clears throat> and like I said I was 21 so I was like five grand oh man hell yeah right that's two um, shows. I can do it I did a tour with that money later right. so to me it ended up feeling worth it but uh that same day I took a shower because I had muscle cramps or whatever and I started hyperventilating and I was shaking and I blacked out and I woke up I woke up in an absolute panic I was screaming and so my mother ran up the stairs and was like what's wrong with you and I'm like naked on the floor in a pool of water shaking and screaming and I was like I can't feel my hands I can't feel my hands and uh so she called 911 (laughs) it was a scene you know yeah um so they showed up and basically, again, did not know at all what to do with me. And and uh, by the time they got there, I was sort of like, 
I don't know. It just was all very dull by then. And so um, I'm sure it was very expensive that they came to the uh, house. Uh-huh. And so I didn't after that veer much out of taking the pills. Right. Your so routine. that got me through yeah. several, several years. Yeah. Cut to <clears throat> two years ago. And things hadn't been as bad for a while because mm-hmm. I will go through a period of time where it's like for six months it's not as bad, then it's really terrible. Mm-hmm. And then for a year maybe it's not as bad. And mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, it's been the peaks and valleys have been farther apart. Yeah. And so I just kind of felt like I can deal with this. Like mm-hmm. I've got to handle on this, you know, because so I'm egotistical. even when it's not that... <laughs> Even when it's not that bad. It's still really bad. still, yeah. It's still really bad. It's just not go to the hospital. It's not Mm. miss work, maybe. Mm, I definitely stayed home and and did a lot of like, I'm working from home. Yeah. You know? As you're on the floor rocking back and forth. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of work done, to be honest. There's probably some theft involved in like time theft that I'm claiming on that because I was lying down a lot. But basically moving your life around the fact that you're going to be incapacitated a couple days every month. Yeah, I just accepted it. Fuck. Yeah, I just accepted it. And I didn't feel like there was any other option yeah. for me at the time. Um, and so what those not so bad times were like was just a lot of me um, crying. And anyone who knows me knows I am like not a crier mm-hmm. at all. Uh, people always try to get me to cry. So <laughs> just weeping and rocking back and forth and putting cold washcloths on my face, mm-hmm. lying on the floor. Like I did everything I could possibly think of. I got an exercise ball because I heard if you sit a certain way on those, that mm-hmm. might help you. Mm-hmm. I did everything I could think of and it was, that's just how it was. And mm-hmm. it was um, my fiance, who will be my husband in a couple of weeks, um, had to deal with that too. And I was loud. Like, I couldn't contain sounds. Of course. And so I was, like, uh. moaning and groaning. And it, I'm sure it was horrible. And I'm sure it was a combination of, like, this is actually really annoying after a while. <laughs> and also, also I like, feel really bad that yeah. I can't do anything to right. help you. It's you another know? person justifying that, like, you're not crazy. This is really, yeah. this is right. as bad as you think it is. Right. Yeah. And how, like, how, just real quick, how long, like, how long are the spells? Um, Like, hours or minutes or? Hours. So it'll be... At the longest, maybe like six hours. And then I would pass out for, I don't know, three, let's say. And then I would wake up and I would feel not as terrible, but Mm. so drained. Yeah. So drained. It's like after, if you've ever had a crazy screaming argument, you know, with some Mm. ex or something. And then after that, you just feel like you've been... Yeah, <laughs> through a battle through and you're it. so exhausted and oh, you can't yeah. do anything that's how I would feel mm-hmm. and then I would get really 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 hungry but the second I put a piece of food in my mouth I got so sick mm-hmm. so I couldn't I couldn't eat anything I threw up all the time I constantly was throwing up because I would start to feel really really nauseous um, and then throw up even if I hadn't eaten, eaten anything so I was just so constantly just had like morning sickness since you were 15 yeah <laughs> pretty much pretty much and it would be so sudden you know so sudden um so that's kind of where I was at uh, uh two years ago and then one day I had stayed home because I knew that I wasn't gonna be feeling well and I knew that I was getting my period and um Al uh had gone to work so I was by myself and it was it just got really bad really really fast and I was throwing up and throwing up and throwing up and then I couldn't throw up anymore so I was just kind of dry heaving Mm. and I couldn't find a position in which I could feel even remotely acceptably okay you know I wanted to just be in dull pain and I couldn't get there Mm. it was horrifying and so I uh, started kind of panicking a little bit, which is really bad. So I was trying to 
you know, control my breathing mm-hmm. and calm down mm-hmm. and not panic. Um, and I just started running a really cold shower because I felt so hot. Mm-hmm. And then I got in the tub and I was just, <laughs> what a sight, like me just like, crying in a bathtub (laughs) as water is raining down from the shower I I didn't have it running from the the bath part it was showering as I was lying down um because I was worried that it would fill up and I would drown because I would pass out yeah so it was um raining on me and I really started panicking because I actually had the conscious thought like I think I feel like I'm going to die yeah yeah it's rough awful i know i know it's rough so um i i did i and i started talking to myself i was like i think i'm dying i think i'm gonna die i'm dying in this tub right now and um so i at least had brought my phone into the bathroom with me Mm -hmm. because if i hadn't i'm not really sure (laughs) where any of this would have gone but Mm -hmm. i had brought my phone in the bathroom and so i could reach it just barely from the tub because i couldn't stand up i was completely completely incapable of standing up because i tried multiple times and i I, like couldn't do it at all my legs were just like not having it so and my arms were shaking so much that i couldn't like grip the side of anything to push myself up so I grabbed my phone and I called Al and he's just at work, you know, which is <laughs> fairly hectic because he's a, a sous chef. And so he has a lot to do and it's, it's he works at a very busy restaurant. And um, so I called him and was just like, you need to come home. I think I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> which I, I realized sure sounds so insane. But I'm right sure now. it felt like that. Yeah. No, I really did feel like I was going to die. I was like, I'm going to I'm either going to drown or. It feels like an organ inside of me is tearing in half. And wow. in my in my mind, I could just picture it like tearing open and filling my body with oh horrible, toxic yeah, sludge. You know, like all the worst things that it, can happen. Yeah, I felt like my guts were exploding. And so um, he was really panicked by my tone because I was freaking out. So yeah. he came home. He had to pick me up out of the tub. Mm-hmm. And then I just put like a towel over my face and I fell asleep. And then the next day, I got up and was like, I really need to go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's awful. Yeah, so that's sort of the uh, inciting incident of me um, going on birth control. Wow. So talk about that. What birth control and how has it helped? Yeah, I'm on um, microgestin, which are just me pills. Too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Pill sisters. Hi. Uh, yeah, I had never been on birth control before. I had actually never even really been to the gynecologist before two years Dang ago. Girl. Yeah, yeah, I know, Ooh. I know, I know. Um, so, uh, but I just didn't have any faith in any of it, you know, mm-hmm. because I'd had such bad right. experiences. It was just like, what am I, why yeah. am I bothering with You're this? You're as right. good as that, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. nobody yeah. gives a shit, so right. like who yeah. cares? Um, so I finally went, and at the time I didn't have insurance, and I went to the, I think it's called the Women's Community clinic or uh-huh. women's community health clinic it's an uh-huh. amazing place in Sweet. san francisco by the way if you're a person who is like i really need to be seen and i don't have insurance like go there they're so wonderful and kind and helpful and great that's awesome so i went there and then they prescribed birth control and said like let's at least see if it helps and thankfully it has kind of like <laughs> saved my life to be perfectly oh, honest wow yeah so and it's not it's I still go through kind of peaks and valleys with it, but they are different now. Huh. And there was a long, you know, there were six weeks of me being really violently ill when I started taking them. Uh-huh. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get through that because it was rough times. 
Uh, and did you know it was like, did they warn you like, oh. They did. They're like, you might feel weird or you might feel sick, you know, but it's going to go away. Like, just mm. try to stick with it mm. for three months and we'll see what's going to happen. Wow. So after six weeks, I started to feel, you know, better, um, which is good because that was rough and my mood swings were all over the place and I was really emotionally volatile and I couldn't I had no control over anything so for six weeks I was a monster and it was really hard Mm -hmm. but after that six weeks was over then I started to feel better and it has had a huge impact on my life right now because my wedding is in a couple of weeks I'm actually I think referring to this as continuous birth control is accurate because I'm just taking pills back to back without a break. So I'm yeah. not mm-hmm. I'm not getting my period at all right now and mm-hmm. I haven't in two months um, so that I can get through the wedding without being sick because I was terrified that I would be ill at my own wedding. Because well, I still yeah. do, when I get my period now, I still do feel sick. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just not apocalyptic Well, now. did you, yeah. we've learned from this very podcast that we are doing that you don't need to, actually bleed on birth control it's a sham that men have invented that like the placebo week is bullshit and we don't actually need to bleed so you could just keep taking all the regular pills yeah when she so I was very suspicious of that because I again have been adhering so strictly to the to the rules of birth control which Mm -hmm. in like I said it kind of saved my life but in some ways you could say that it's also ruling my life (laughs) because I I must do what I need to do right Mm -hmm. um and so when the doctor told me the last time I went in, like, oh, you know, you can just move on to the next pack. Like, you don't have to take that. You don't. The, it's true. You know, the stupid little brown pills at the yeah. end. You can just, like, move on. Uh, and she said, I think she said, you can do that for three months. And I mean, then yeah. you should. They probably know better <laughs> than Especially me. Especially if it's, Again, like, we're all doctors. <laughs> sure. I've, I've dubbed all of you sure. doctors. We're all doctors. <laughs> So when I get my period now, it's uh, it's not fun. I don't enjoy it. Yeah. But it's nothing compared to what it was. And I can still, for the most part, live and, you know, go to work and That's stuff awesome. like that. Uh, yeah, I'm able to work. And the difference in the real difference between my period now and my period before, um, first of all, it lasts longer, which is annoying, but it's not so bad. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting trade I've yeah. given on that because it used to be the worst thing in the entire world for three days uh-huh. and now it's like um I mean I would hope probably closer to normal and it might be more like six days mm. you know but it's not anywhere near what it was and yeah. so I'm fine with that trade-off for the most part mm. so what I think is happening with the what I understand from the doctoring that I've done yes is <laughs> that uh, because hormonal birth control turns off like doesn't let you ovulate, doesn't give you an egg. Mm-hmm. You're not getting hormones that would build uh, the tissue lining. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's the science. Thank you, Doctor Elson. Thank, thank, thank you, you. <laughs> science doctor. <laughs> I am a science, a doctor of science, Mister Doctor, oh, doctor of science. Um, <laughs> so have you met other people with this? I have met a few. Strangely, not too many, but my suspicion is that more people have it than they realize. And certainly that used to be true. It's not like anyone ever told my mother that I'm aware of that she had endometriosis. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. she did. Yeah. Did but, she get a hysterectomy because of the pain? Yeah. Well, she she was bleeding for three months straight and they couldn't stop her bleeding. And so they were just like, this is it. We just yeah, have to do it. That's all I really remember about that because I was however old I was but thinking back on it now and like remembering what that was like I'm sure that that's what was going on and my grandmother also had a lot of issues as well but again I'm I'm just I'm from a place and from a people that really don't talk about this stuff 
um, or feelings or doctors or health or anything <laughs> until someone else has something and then someone goes, did you hear that person's heart exploded? You know, like, we'll talk about that, but we won't talk about our own health in any uh-huh, way, yeah. you right. know, and nobody goes to the doctor unless they're dying. So uh, does sex hurt? Uh, yes. All the time? Not just, all the time, okay. but it is something that... <sighs> Yes. So my sex life has been complicated Mm -hmm. because I also didn't understand that for a really long time. You know, I was just like, I don't know why this is so uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's not uncomfortable like this for everybody. And it was uh, tough to accept that as like, well, that's my life. Right. You know, and it's so hard to talk about. Because everyone's like, I love sex. Sex is great. If you're not sex having fun, sex, 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 sex. And like, yeah, it's really not like that for me. And it's, um, then I, I worry for the other person as well because I don't want them to feel like they're hurting me. Yeah. Which has yeah. been an issue of them just going like, oh my God. Like. Yeah. So then you're both I'm hyper so sorry. aware of yes. like. Right. Be fucking careful. Yeah. <laughs> you don't pierce my goddamn body. <laughs> and that's you. not, and that's not something you see in a rom-com where two people are having sex and yeah. then one goes, I'm really scared that you're like about to hurt my body. <laughs> so what you're saying is we should write endometriosis the rom-com yeah so that's what i love i actually would love to oh i shouldn't say it because someone will steal it but i want to write a horror movie that's about please do it do it Um, and when you do we'll preview it yeah thank you so much uh yeah so it had my sex life has been complicated by that you know obviously i'm getting married so it hasn't destroyed my life or anything but it it's a it can be a big thing and i think some people don't so much have pain during sex again the the thing I want to really stress is how different this is for everyone. Everyone's mm. experiences are completely all over the place. And I think that's also part of what makes, you know, the doctors who do give a shit and the people who are studying it and trying to figure out what can be done more than what is being done. It's, it makes their job really hard because everyone is so very, sure. so very, very, very different. Because I'm not even on the the terrible end of the spectrum if you can buy that wow yeah because some people really do need to just like immediately go in and have surgery and i've never gotten to that i've never gotten to that point um thankfully and uh yeah it's really you know surgery to remove your uterus or surgery to like take out the growths i think um a little column a a little column b i mean Mm -hmm. i think both of those things happen okay because i've also heard that surgery to remove the growths works for a little bit but yeah it doesn't work forever because if if the problem is that you're creating this you know it's going to keep getting created are your is your digestive system really terrible also during this like do you have really bad poops Oh, yeah, during my period I do. Oh, yeah. Like, but, like, otherwise I can digest a dump truck. Okay. I mean, like, I will eat, like, crazy spicy food or uh, maybe that's part of my problem. You should probably stop eating dump I trucks. I need to rethink this. Maybe you don't have endometriosis. You just eat crap. Oh, I definitely eat, like, crap. But, uh, yeah, during my period I do, yeah. One thing I've heard, too, is that a lot of women or young girls get misdiagnosed as having, like, IBS mm. instead of endometriosis. To be perfectly honest, not, they to, go hand in hand. not to throw shade at doctors forever and ever, but, like, <laughs> They never even brought it up. Wow. So I don't know. Oh. And then. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. I, Some of these doctors were women, by the way. I just want to I say was that. I yeah, right? ask you if it got yeah. better I keep picturing fucking women. men. <laughs> but also the, the people that I went to when I was just going to the ER or just going to the doctor when I, this is, you know, when I was younger mm-hmm. and just going like, I'm so miserable. I want to die. Like, what can you do about this? They weren't gynecologists. They weren't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's been so much better now to at least be able to talk to people that have some more understanding of it and also it's been you know 10 years or whatever and 
there's people just know so much more about it now. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you feel um, like people are more to. knowledgeable. Yeah, I think so. I, and more accepting and just go like, yeah, that's what's happening and not like, oh, you're 15 and you just don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. You know, you don't right. know what your own pain level is. And so much has already been said in the world about like uh, how doctors dismiss women's symptoms yeah. and just think that they're being like little bitches or whatever. Mm. But it's uh, it, it's a real thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and it definitely happened to me when I was younger, but I, I feel now like most recently I've been listened to really well. So good. I just read an so cool. article where how like more and more women are bringing male family members or partners to doctor's appointments so they can have like someone testify that yes their pain is this bad please believe them yikes and it's like happening all the time because women go in and the doctor's like well you know take advil you know like that's pretty pathetic i can see that working though right absolutely i mean like al's the only al's one of the only people well that's not true anyone that i've dated for like a significant amount of time they know but no one else does i've i Mm. refuse to see anyone be near anyone like Mm. speak to anyone while any of that is going on because i'm just such a mess and i um don't like to appear to have weaknesses so i just like excommunicate <laughs> everyone you know and then the, the only people who see me are the people who live with me or whatever. people that you trust yeah. i mean yeah i would feel super uncomfortable to be that vulnerable around people that i don't know that well mm-hmm. yeah it's not mm-hmm. it's not cute and it's right. not fun <laughs> and, and it's also to... not anything that they can even help me with so yeah. it's like just watching someone be helpless and in pain is yeah. right sucks <laughs> you need to know they're gonna be there the next day you right. know after it's all over right yeah. So I found a great website uh, because I saw a commercial for endometriosis. Really? Um, oh, they're selling endometriosis? Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy so, five. Um, and that is a commercial for speakendo.com, um, which is a really fantastic resource. So like if you're a listener and if anything that Allison has said has slightly rung true, probably check out that website. You guys, we're going to take it. It doesn't have to be that bad. We're going to take it one step further because oh. I just came up with a new segment. Oh. It's called Do Ya or Don't Ya? Um, we are going to take the endometriosis symptom a quiz. Oh. I have a feeling that Allison will pass with flying colors. I might not have all of them, though. I, I don't know, think I do. I don't yeah, think I that's do, why I'm, I'm interested to see what is a yes for you and what is a no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh Question number one. Everyone can play at home. I hope you don't win. Do we have that music license? It's like the one quiz no one should win. I really hope you don't. You all should answer it as well. Yes, I would. Yes, everyone. Okay, question one. Do you often experience pelvic or lower back pain before or during your period? Only answer yes if it limits your day-to-day activities or requires medication. Yes. I'm like a, uh, it's not every period and it rarely stops me. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm a hard no. What? Really? No. Oh, wow. Yeah, not enough to, no, not enough to make it a yes. Oh, that blows my mind. Question two. Do you have to experience pain with sex? Yes. <laughs> no. No. That's a no for me. Sorry, it also says, just, that must yeah. be nice. Just, I will, I will just. Put, just put this out there that uh, I get ovarian cysts and Ooh. sometimes during sex uh, we can pop them and <gasps> then I'm like off of me no but it's only happened like what the, cho- the chocolate cysts Cis. well no. mine are water cysts Ew. so okay numero trace do you sometimes avoid sex to avoid pain that is a hard no never for me I have yes 
Okay. Uh, oh, also no for me, but. Do you often have painful bowel movements before or during your period? I mean, they're not fun. <laughs> Pain, <laughs> but not painful. I wouldn't recommend them. I don't know if I would call it. Uncomfortable. Would, yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. Like only during. Yeah. Mm. Uh, my, my poops are loosey goosey during periods. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Mine as well. They're, they're, they come out quick and yeah. Fast. So this is before or during your period. Mm. So yes, for you, is it painful during or just still uncomfortable? Only on, when I'm, only during my period. Okay. Then that's a yes. Cause it's mm. during as well. Reviewing your answers. If you answered yes to one or more of these questions. <laughs> You could have endometriosis. What an easy A. I was sure there was going to be one that I was like, no, that's fine for me. Even if you answered no to all these questions, it's still important to talk to your doctor or healthcare provider about all your symptoms and your medical concerns. Many women find discussing their symptoms difficult, but it's important to speak up. It may lead to a better discussion with your gyno. Um, And then if you need help thinking about, like, how to talk to your gynecologist, there's a way to prep. For your appointment on this website it's a really fantastic Ooh, that's website nice because i was terrified yeah. <laughs> yeah. i had someone go with me and stay across the street at a coffee shop oh. again this was only two years ago wow. <laughs> i'm 33 wow so what about like having kids how is that gonna do you know have you talked to a doctor about that um i haven't too much because yeah because i could never decide uh, if I wanted to have kids or not, I'm still on the fence, though I'm slightly leaning more in the direction of maybe having kids. Um, and it freaks me out a lot mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons. One of those is clearly my mother passed this on to me, right? Like mm-hmm. if I have a daughter, very likely she's going to be in my same situation because my mom was. And as far as I know, my grandma was or it sounds like it based on, you know, descriptions of her life. Um and I, I really don't like that idea. You know, I really don't like uh, thinking about putting somebody else through that. Mm. And uh, and I'm also terrified of childbirth, like uh-huh. to a massive, massive extent. And I think uh, and everyone goes, oh, and like everybody's scared of childbirth. Let me just just believe me that I'm really, really, really scared of it to the point where like I think about it for extended periods of time because I think part of it is is just having dealt with all the feelings of endometriosis and feeling like is this going to make that worse because actually if you have kids it can for some people it makes it better for some people it makes it worse it's just like I said everything is is both right everything is both and also it's possible that I can't have kids some people with endometriosis are infertile and that's like a big part of it is it's a huge cause of infertility and I have partially just not wanted to know Mm. if if I'm if I can have kids or not and I think you know my fiance is (laughs) has also kind of swung back and forth about uh, if he wants to have kids or not he's also sort of leaning toward yes at this point and we've talked about it and it's hard because I'm like I'm not only am I very afraid of this, but I'm also afraid that I can't do it. Mm. Uh, and so I have always felt fairly strongly about the possibility of adopting. It definitely freaks me out uh, to a massive, <laughs> a massive extent. Uh, and I, part of me feels like I will be a person who just dies in childbirth. You know, I could just, I just have terrible feelings about my guts. Mm. 
Right. I mean, it, does it stem back to like the the burning sensation that you've had? For yeah. Your whole I, life? I think about that. I think about is that what it's going to feel like the entire time I'm pregnant? Is that mm-hmm. what it's going to feel like after I give birth or while I give birth? And I do sort of say it in a lighthearted way most of the time, um, as I do most things, because like that's my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's like a real fear. It's like a very real, visceral fear that I have mm-hmm. that I try to explain only very occasionally, sincerely to people, mostly just the three of you just now. Like, I don't talk mm-hmm. about it very much. I could definitely have coffee with you and talk about my fear of childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm really freaked out. I actually <laughs> would really enjoy that. Right. We to- could eat chocolate <laughs> during one of your non-period weeks <laughs> and talk about all the things we're scared of happening wrong. Oh, man, so scared. Oh, man, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> and the more I find out about it, the more I'm like, why are we all still here? I mean, why I can't have women it. continued to do this? Yeah, I can't believe it. I can't either. Mm. So how much of your dealing with endometriosis does it do you feel like it defines you if that makes any sense because like, as someone who knows you pretty mm-hmm. well I I've never known this about you and this mm-hmm. is all like super news to me so I don't know if that makes you like feel better or whatever but you feel like you've done a good job <laughs> I covering no it I'd say yeah actually um, I know you talked about it with me but like yeah do you feel like it I don't know does, is, does it define you in any way I hope not but I, I am happy to be talking about it and I should probably do a better job of talking about it to be perfectly honest because it is sort of like a hidden part of my life to a lot of people uh and it was very impactful and uh you know fucking terrible so yeah. <laughs> yeah so for anyone that's dealing with endometriosis do you think like is talking about it would that be advice you give people to just like be open with doctors and friends? oh yeah I really wish that I had I mean I there I have some regrets Certainly, I would say absolutely go to the doctor and more specifically go to a gynecologist. And depending on where you are, I mean, there are specialists now. There didn't used to be. Um, Depending on where you live, you might have more access to them or not. But there's probably someone somewhere that will be able to to talk to you about it in in a way that's not dismissive and just like go, well, you know. Here's some more painkillers of a different color. (laughs) Um, And so if someone's not listening to you right away, find a different person who will listen to you. You know, I recently switched doctors for that reason. Mm -hmm. And it was fucking great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't understand what was normal or not normal. But if you're in that kind of pain, that's very much not normal. Yeah, it's not. And you're not a baby. Or even if you are like. Who gives a shit? If yeah, you feel still, like that, just you're go. You're in pain. Yeah. <laughs> just yes. Go. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not you think you have a high threshold for pain, you shouldn't be in that much pain. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even need to decide if you have a high threshold for pain. No. Who cares? Yes. Yes. You're in pain. Yes. I mean, I don't know if we'll include this, but I'm just curious, like, how Al has dealt with this, how your mm-hmm. fiance, and, like, if you have advice for partners that might be living with someone who has a this Right. Debilitating issue. Um, I think at first he did maybe fall into the, and I think this is a really natural thing to do, of just going like, oh, you just have your period. This is what people are like on their periods. But what's really fascinating is the fact that we went around and answered all those questions together and that you all answered them the way that you did. And I, my whole life, assumed everyone said yes to all of those questions. Right. I really did think that. Yeah. And so that kind of fucking blew my mind. But yeah, I would just say just like listen and accept it and don't try to argue against it and go like, oh, it's probably fine though. Or, oh, it's that's what that's how everyone feels like hearing just like, oh, that everyone's like that. Or it's, you know, that it's it's not helpful. And uh, especially if you don't really know that, you know, like if you've 
if you're a person who has never had a period before, don't tell someone else that they feel the same way everyone else feels. You have no idea. You can't make a comparison. Yeah. You have no, you know, you just don't have that information. So just accept it and try to help in some way. I'm so glad it's better now. I'm so glad you found something that makes it livable. I know. know. Me too. Because otherwise I wouldn't even be here talking about it right now because it would just be too, like, I would just be too angry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just angry. (laughs) So rageful. We're so glad that you came and talked to us about this. And Uh, thanks for being so open about it. This is huge. And you're our first guest and, you know, we're happy to have heard all this. This is all news to me too. Like, you you being surprised that people don't get cramps during their period, I'm surprised that people get this bad of cramps and feel this yeah. bad. And I'm just like, my heart goes out. Yeah. My heart My is heart in my goes butt. outside of my organs <laughs> yeah. for you. <laughs> wow. wow. What a wow. conversation that was endometriosis is no joke it's no joke i had no idea yeah and she said that she had it easy because if it wasn't even... then they would have said like we need to we remove need to your... take it out yeah right exactly it just sucks that she has to like how annoying that something so a part of you is destroying you from the inside and nothing seems to be helping and no one for so many years didn't help her like yeah. it's uh it's infuriating awful. Infuriating? It is infuriating. It can't even talk. (laughs) We're so shocked. And um, real quick, as promised, uh, for the last two weeks we've been talking about cramps, and we did promise that we would write a song called Righteous Cramps. We did indeed. That's spelled with a K and two Zs. K and two Zs. And we did it. Take it away, us. (laughs) (laughs) They hit my ovaries last night. At the hour, 2 a.m. So I thought to get high on Vicodin. Found my heating pad, scream for my life. Lonely in this bed with cramps so right. I just yell, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and I think it's gonna be a long, long night with cramps so bad that I just scream and cry. I'm a strong woman, but goddamn this blows. Oh no, no, ow. I got them righteous cramps. Righteous cramps. Turn it up my insides, damn it all. And I think it's gonna be a long, long night. These cramps, they feel like tiny trolls inside. They have these hatchets and they hack my guts. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I've got these righteous cramps. Righteous cramps. Oh, my fucking God, I hate the world. My partner next to me asleep, goddamn. 
fact he drools and snores He's super clueless to my pain Fucking man And I think it's gonna be a long, long night Oh no, the cramps, they moved down to my thighs did you know cramps are many heart attacks? Ack, 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 I have righteous cramps. Righteous cramps. Why hasn't that Vicodin kicked in? And I think it's gonna be a long, long night. And it feels like baby hippos needing me. And it feels like if your uterus had to poop. And it feels like when dementors eat your soul. You know the scary villains in Harry Potter. Gramps, they feel like if dementors were a real thing. And they suck out your soul, but from your ovaries. Gee, I think that Vicodin may have kicked in. And I think it's gonna be some Yay! All right, everybody, that's our show for the week. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed those righteous scrams. Next week, we'll be taking some more phone calls and talking about what we found out when we tracked our cycles. It's going to be tray fun. Uh, and as always, you can find us on social media, uh, Vicious Cycle Podcast. And why don't you leave us a five-star review while you're at it? Yes, please. That would be great. On iTunes. And tell all your friends and loved ones about us. Yes. Let us know how you feel about cramps by calling in to 9106-UTERUS. And we would be happy to take some of those calls and share them on the podcast. Thanks, guys. Keep calm. And tampon. Our theme song was performed by The Go Ahead. Check out more at thegoaheadmusic.com.